For the analysis on what's playing itself out on the market scene, I'm joined by David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. David, it's always a pleasure. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> David, let's talk nice about... Day. <laughs> it is a nice mm -hmm. day. Green screens all around. Yeah. We had the same thing in midday trade yesterday, uh, David, but by the close of business, the markets had pulled know. back a little. What happened there and how has it translated into today's I, performance? I, I don't know. At, three, at exactly three o'clock, and you can time it, mm -hmm. uh, a trap door opened and everything just came crashing down and i have no explanation it could have been the ran because the ran did improve and it just might have taken some of the edge off uh, those gains but uh it's unusual for it to fall so fast so um really that's markets and mm -hmm. i wish i had an explanation yeah, just uh, but but you did right we were up about a uh, almost a half percent and then we ended up down like uh, almost 0.7 so lost a lot of ground but that's markets yes. so whatever we're talking now is not going to be relevant by the by the close so i understand that yes. very very interesting <laughs> times i'm wondering uh, david if markets at all have reacted to a south africa hosting the BRICS summit has it done anything for our local currency is there anything uh, that moves uh, the needle there I, I don't know that. I'm trying to work out. I think we're making a lot of noise here. But, you know, we're Wall Street, we're European markets, we're UK markets, uh, and they haven't really responded uh, you know, to the BRICS meeting. Yes, they're covering it. They're covering it more out of interest and looking at the message. But, you know, when we think about it, I think most of the businesses that we invest in here, if we are going to go offshore or generally in the US or in Europe and UK, well, you know, where we're much more familiar with what these businesses do. It'll take time. If anything does come out of the BRIC conference, it's going to take a long time before it has an effect on our economies, on the broader economies. You know what the message is, and it's probably – uh, the right message, a good message, but it'll take a long time before it translates into, uh, you know, into anything economic. Then I must also ask you about the rand here. What we are seeing is a South African inflation coming in really nicely, sitting at 4.7%. Yeah. Uh, but mm. also Jerome Powell speaking, and I don't even know which yeah. one has more weight, uh, David. Uh, you tell us. <laughs> I, we, you know, there's uh, everybody's waiting to hear what he says because we've had... August was a difficult month, simply that um, we're getting used to the fact the U.S. economy was strong. And as a result of that, uh, the message from markets were, was we're not going to reduce rates or Powell's not going to reduce rates as early as we thought. We're going to have to wait for some time in 2024, maybe later. And that spiked interest rates. We've, you know, we've seen interest rates at 15-year highs uh, in the United States and unsettled markets. And everyone's waiting to hear what he's going to say. Don't hold your breath. That's all I'm saying to <laughs> <here. laughs> you. Know, it's going to be an academic um, discourse from Powell. We're going to hear exactly the same kind of message. Mm -hmm. Not going to do anything yet, inflate, so on, so on. So I think don't wait. I think it's four o'clock our time on Friday, mm -hmm. by which time the market's closed. And most people are on their way home to have a beer or whatever, you know. Yeah. Wake up on Monday and we'll reassess it. <laughs> Got you, David. Thank you for that uh, heads up, actually. Let's bring it back home now. Pharmaceuticals, Adcock Ingram coming out uh, yeah. with, uh, you no. know, I think a decent set of numbers, 10% growth on profits. I'm just keen to get your thoughts there on the issue of price controls in South Africa and what kind of a constraint that might be for the pharmaceutical sector.
Yeah, very much so. Look, they're a well-diversified business because they have um, over-the-counter stuff as well. You were talking about Panado. I can't remember what else you said. Um, but, but generally, in fact, Johnson & Johnson's have actually unbundled that kind of business. So it is a big don't don't underestimate that area of the market. You know where people walk in and grab something off the shelf. I think I've you've got to go, Nati. You've got to go through the results in greater detail because revenue is light. You know revenue at four or five percent below the inflation rate, yet the bottom line was good. So you've got to work out why the bottom line are there. You know is, are, are these technical things buying back shares, etc. So to understand the business, you've got to actually. Go in, and and I hate to tell you this, but you know when Cecil and 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 Adcock come out of the result, each that's two hundred. I don't know, fifty pages to yeah. go through. Yeah. You can't do it in a five minutes. You've got to be really dedicated <laughs> and go through line by line. Yeah. But I mean, on the face of it, it's a, a, a decent result, and I see the market is up this morning. Look, it's a good company. I'm not going to question it. Wonderful. Let's talk about a gold now. We have Harmony Gold out as well as uh, uh, DRD. Let's talk about them, the gold price and how it's reflected through uh, both these set of numbers with DRD Gold um, as well as Harmony, uh, David. Yeah, well, better than the market then, <laughs> than we've seen from gold fields, much yes. better than we've seen from uh, the big ones, Anglo Gold. Uh, I was impressed with Durban Deep. You know, it's, it's really a tailings operation. I mean, they just reprocess... Uh, uh, mine dumps and that, but but they do well. You know, the gold prices help them and they're generating a lot of cash, paying healthy dividends, but sooner or later, they're going to run out of sand. Harmony, on the other hand, is, you know, they're doing fine. I, I was impressed with what they had to say uh, and the markets rewarded them by by pushing them up. I don't think we expected Harmony to be as good as it, uh, the numbers is to be as good as they have been. So, yeah, are okay. You know, that's gold though, but 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 you know, as we saw with Billiton yes. yesterday, Billiton's number, commodity markets, to try and call more commodity markets so difficult. Absolutely. Uh, what can you do? You know, share price, I mean iron ore price comes falling down, nothing you can do about it. You just have to try and mine profitably. So yeah, that's Great. commodities from Bosa stocks. Very interesting. I will be watching that one closely, especially with commodities. Uh, before I let you go, I must ask you about Bitcorp. They have released mm. a bit of a trading mm. statement. Obviously benefited from that European summer. A really yeah. good company, a really good business. Yeah. Uh, David, I keen to get your thoughts on mm, it. Solid business. You know, and good management, mm. consistently good results. Yes, they were hurt like everyone during lockdown because they supply the hospitality sector and that. But they've come back well. And I think... Uh, even they say that, you know, the momentum uh, during the last couple of months, m- momentum continued. So I, it, it's a good company. It's it's something that you can easily add to any portfolio. Uh, I really like like management. It's global as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got your your uh, Rand Hedge quality there as well. But good, nice business. Wonderful, David. Uh, we're going to get your stock pick in a bit. But before that, uh, let's see what uh, counters have found favor with some of your industry peers. If you look at a, a company like Absa, which is on a, a ridiculously low multiple, of course the you know the results were disappointing um, if you look to to June. But um, and I'm sure the full year won't be spectacular. But even if they're flat, you know, 25 bucks worth of earnings on a 180 rand share price, that multiple is really really compelling. The dividend yield is better than you're getting on cash. So um, I think. You know, we saw it with COVID when the banks were forced to, you know, to to take these big impairments, but it's often accounting and they bounce back. So I would say 
it looks just too cheap to ignore. And the other one is is Ethos Capital. I've called it before, and I think people not maybe not quite sure why. And they say, well, it's an old stodgy invested in traditional private equity kind of you know cash generative businesses. But about fifty percent of that um, asset value sits in a company called Optasia Echo, which is a corporate ISP, and Crossfit. So those are technology businesses. Optasia is an incredible business. Um, gives you exposure to over half a billion people through mobile network operators through very disruptive sort of financial services like we're seeing out of MTN and we saw MasterCard and MTN tie up. So, you know, at a 50% discount to NAV with almost 30% of that NAV made up by a really exciting business, I'd say you you buy 60% of it is is Optasia, you get everything else for nothing. I, I think that something like Ethos Capital is really compelling and buy it before the results are out and I think that because otherwise the insiders in the company will be back. Nice topic, which is ASML. Um... The um, the um, itching <laughs> semiconductor business mm. in the Netherlands. They've had a good rally, good pullback. Technically, I like the um, the M sector semiconductors, and, and by default, the guys that are manufacturing or studying the machines that manufacture them, prices had a good pullback. Um, I think it's a nice entry point. Wonderful. David, keen to get to your thoughts on some of those counters. APSA, Ethos Capital, as well as ASML, a semiconductor. Yeah, that's my favorite, <laughs> ASML. Yeah. I've been hopping on that one for a long time. It's mm-hmm. a monopoly. It's an incredible company, and the growth is just astounding. Mm-hmm. Um, it's This is a long t- I know everyone measures it on the short term, but mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a long term. And I wish I could explain their technology. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an accountant and I don't understand ultraviolet. I don't understand the semiconductors, but I do understand that everybody uh, needs those machines if they want to, if they want to, uh, you know, create or manufacture semiconductors. Mm-hmm. Super company and uh, really came out of Philips, had a very difficult start back in the 80, in the late 1990s and so on, but uh, super business. The others are, I don't know much about ethos, mm. <laughs> I have to say. That was interesting to me. But uh, look, apps is okay. I'm not a, I'm a growth person. That's why I like ASML. You know, I find buying for dividends a bit of boring, even though I'm an old man. You know? <laughs> and, and at my age, I should be taking it easier and mm. starting to look for companies that pay big dividends. Yeah. No, I like growth. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, David, let's get your stock pick for today. I, I would, you know, I'm still into the AI story. Yeah. I think it's going to grow and grow. Mm-hmm. ASML is the top there, mm-hmm. but I still like the, uh, you know, the Microsofts and the Amazons and the Alphabets. I think they're all going to benefit. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and even at this point, I'm still happy to add them to portfolios. You know, you can, there's there's a whole lot, Adobe and that, anything that is involved, either a platform and an enabler in that area, I think you can add. So it's hard to pin it down to one stock. But if I had to, I'd, I'd go with ASML as well. Interesting. <laughs> Wonderful, David. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you so much for your time this afternoon. And that was your Midday Markets Update with David Shapiro from Sassman Securities.